Howdy, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. How are y'all doing? I hope you're doing okay. I'm Matt. I'm the host. With me this week are my absolutely stupendous co-hosts, uh, Joe Perez and Liz Harper. We're going to talk about various things, including Blizzard games and other things, because, you know, it's looking like mostly Blizzard games this week, uh, quite frankly. But we're going to talk about other stuff, too. So... Top stories type time, I guess. I usually have you guys introduce each other, and I didn't, and now I feel weird about it. So, do you guys want to say anything before we we jump in? Hello, I'm Liz. Hi, I'm Joe. Okay, now we're just jumping. Um, <laughs> this is the first thing I noticed because it says I was right about something. So, there you go. You were right. Yeah, you were Dia- right. Diablo three season twenty six is going to start on the fifteenth of April, which is what I predicted. Um. This is based on the fact that the 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 season is stopping on the tenth, and it's usually a five day gap between seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's a twelve day gap, uh, but usually it's a five day gap. If it's a twelve day gap, it's because it was five days and then goes over into the next week and then takes the full week. So yeah, I was pretty sure it was going to be a five day game this this time around. I I don't I feel like they've gotten the seasons have gotten steadily longer over the past mm. year. For various reasons, but like the the seasons keep being like an easy seventeen to nineteen week seasons are fairly common now, and that's something I'm interested to see if the new season with its new you know uh, what's it called the Eternal Nightmare, uh, Echoing Nightmare, Echoing Nightmare. See, I keep calling them, I call it the Eternal Nightmare, <laughs> uh, the Echoing Nightmare mode, which is basically kind of like a super Nephilim Rift, where it's kind of also got kind of a gauntlet feel to it. I want to see like if that can hang on for a whole season if people are are interested in doing it and how long it will last and if they actually don't continue it cuz it's like it's an entire game mode. I mean, yeah. what do you guys think about if they honestly just did that for one season and then just never did it again? Does that does that make sense to you? Do you think that that could be that's feasible? I mean, I guess it depends on how well it's received. If people love it, then sure, why not put it back into the regular game? If people hate it, maybe it's not worth the effort of implementing it wide scale. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It just feels weird to me to like the amount of work it takes to introduce a new mode, even if it's a mode that's similar to previous modes. Yeah. Just for one season. That's but I guess in a way the Ethereum weapons were like that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause yeah. that completely changed gameplay and then, you know, was gone once the season's over. So yeah. Joe, you got anything to say before we move on? Not really. Not with that one now. Okay. We're going to talk motion sickness now. Uh, this this is actually plays off the, the the other thing in this announcement. So I'm going to talk about the first one first, and then we'll, we'll move into the next one. I don't know if you guys know this, but in Shadowlands Season 4, we're getting a bunch of Mythic Plus dungeons added to the rotation. Uh, Tazavesh in Two Wings, um, the Legion... Uh, was it Return to Karazhan? Yeah, it was yeah. Return to Karazhan in Legion, Two Wings, uh, the Mechagon... Two wings. Battle for Azeroth dungeon, also two wings, and then two dungeons from Warlords of Draenor. There were no mega dungeons, there were no multiple wing dungeons in Warlords, so they've taken two different ones. They let people vote, and people voted for Grim Rail Depot and Iron Docks, proving to me that people don't like me. <laughs> like, that's the only thing I can think of is the entire WoW community said, what'll make Matt have to throw up? A Grim Rail Depot! But then Blizzard actually came out and said, we're aware that this is a problem for people. There are certain dungeons like Grimrail Depot and Maw of Souls that cause people to have significant motion sickness. Um, I think in the case of both of these dungeons, it's because of a quirk of how they make it look like you're on a moving vessel when you're not. 
is that they move everything else around you. And for some reason, that really triggers my, my I'm going to hurl reflex. I have, I, I done Grim Rail Depot exactly four times. Uh, the first time I walked in having no idea what was going to happen, I was the tank. And when we get to the part where we're actually on the train and it's moving, I had to point my camera at the ground, tighten it in as far as I could so nothing, the edges were not visible, and just kind of hope I could pick things up in time. Because any any attempt to look around me made me like violently ill. Uh, I think the third time I room Grim World Depot, I actually got sick. So the idea of them fixing the motion sickness, that's just, to me, this is a brilliant change. Um, I'm assuming both of you would be down for this, because why would someone be like, no, leave the motion sickness in? But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Go uh, ahead. And- yeah. I mean, I think it's worth noting how they're doing this, is that there is a vendor that sells a potion, and the potion, you drink the potion, and it basically makes the moving part like either go to a static image or like a blurry image with like, uh, like on Grim Rail, it looks like there's some movement, but it's not like it's a, it's just a blur. It's not like a moving scenery. And for uh, Moth Souls, I think it's just like a still image in the background instead of the moving ocean. Yeah, so like and- you, you opt into this. You don't have to do this if you think the moving backgrounds are really cool, which they are, but now you have an option. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, for the life of me, I cannot express how much like i i did not want to go into grim rail depot i was like well that's one heroic that's one mythic dungeon i'm literally never going to go into so okay but then when i heard about the potion i'm like oh i could actually run this okay that's cool i'm glad to hear it um there's others i mean we've mentioned a grim rail depot in maw souls i think there are other dungeons that do the same thing or that do it they do something else that causes motion sickness uh Spine of Deathwing comes to mind for me. Like, yeah, but Spine of Deathwing is sort of, uh, it definitely does that for some players, but it, le- it doesn't have the same background issue that Grimrell does. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is about Spine that does it, but I know that it does it. So I would like them to look at that too and see if they can figure out a way to make that less awful. Although I was usually fine doing Spine. Uh, spine didn't trigger mine the way that Grimrell does. It, it, maybe I get a little dizzy. That was basically it. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, this is a story that I don't straight up. I, I don't know what, what's going on with it because I, I don't have prime gaming. I don't think, but there's going to be legendary loot boxes for overwatch and random legendary cards for hearthstone. It's already and available. There's go- yeah. Yeah. There's going yeah. to be uh wow rewards coming. The, the other two are, are in the game now they, they, you can get them already. I do like since I don't really understand what's happening. Could one of you two talk about it? Sure. You want to hit it, Joe? Or yeah. I? So uh, for those of you uh, that have Amazon Prime, you understand that you have access to Prime Gaming, which gives you certain things like free uh, content and free games through the. See, I I have am- access to Amazon Prime, and I did not know that. Yeah. So uh, see, is so it possible to not know that? I said some of you may know, uh, but yeah, it's it's basically you go to I think it's like prime dot prime gaming dot amazon dot com or something like that. If you Google search Prime Gaming, it takes you where you need to go. Uh, but you can actually claim 
certain things every month. Uh, for League of Legends, you can get capsules that'll give you in-game currency. Uh, they're starting to give Riot points out with it for free now. And now Blizzard is getting on that that bandwagon with now Overwatch and Hearthstone currently. I literally, as we were talking about it, I saw the article. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's live yet. I literally went and claimed them while Matt was talking a little bit ago. Um <laughs> Uh, but you get a golden loot box for uh, Overwatch, and it looks like you're going to get one every single month. And you get a random legendary card in Hearthstone, which, again, you're gonna, it looks like you're going to get one every single month. Uh, you have that month to claim it, and then it's gone. Uh, so it's actually kind of nice. Uh, it's a little extra uh, free stuff for, you know, if you play those games and happen to have Amazon Prime. Uh, so it's kind of a neat little thing. Okay, that's cool. Um, I'm really interested in seeing what they do for WoW. Me too. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Very curious. Yes. Uh, I'm just saying, Blizzard, it wouldn't be a bad idea to say, put, you know, different colored versions of armor sets up there. Yeah. I'm just saying. I always want more transmog. Always. Always <laughs> want more transmog. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about, I think, is Hearthstone, because uh, this is something that I did not know until Liz responded to the email. Uh, apparently, next week, like next Tuesday, is going to be the next expansion. That's uh, on the twelfth of April. Am I correct on that? Uh, yes, indeed. Voyage to the Sunken City. And they're calling it the Year of the Hydra. Would that? That's their yeah. new, like the Year of the Mammoth and so forth that they had before. Yeah, every every kind of they group expansions into threes. So there's three expansions in a year, and of course their years don't exactly correspond to calendar years, so it can be confusing. But this coming year is the Year of the Hydra. And uh, each year, they're going to have a new core set rotation. If you haven't played Hearthstone in a while, the core set is a set of cards that everyone has access to. It doesn't matter if you bought packs. It doesn't matter anything. You log into the game, you have access to these cards. But that set of cards is going to rotate every year. And so they actually just implemented that uh, in the last year. And so this is going to be our first rotation where a bunch of cards are rotating out and in. And uh, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how things change up with a new set of cards that we're all going to have access to. Okay. So we'll probably get like at least, so we'll get two more expansions in the year of the Hydra. So that at yeah. least after this, after this rotation, you're going to get that course. That's going to be good for at least two expansions. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, I thought it says here that I'm I'm not gonna like go with the editorial comment here, <laughs> but if you want to make it, go for it. Uh, but you, you said something about there's going to be a there's a new roadmap for the game. Um, yeah, when they announced the new year, they put out a uh, roadmap. They tend to do this every year. Uh, I would say this one is not super exciting in that it's pretty predictable. It's kind of like okay, we're going to have an expansion, and we're going to have a mini set, and we're going to do some battlegrounds things, and we're going to do some mercenary things. Um, one of the things the team did talk about when they announced this was that there's going to be um, kind of they're going to do battlegrounds in seasons instead of just like random kind of battlegrounds updates whenever that's going to be kind of a seasonal format. So we'll have kind of more predictable updates and we'll know hopefully in advance kind of when everything's going to change because um, no real details on how that will work or how, what kind of time frame it'll be in. But that's interesting. It should kind of organize the Battlegrounds experience a little. Um, so yeah, it's uh, there's a new roadmap, but it's it's pretty predictable. There's nothing on here that suggests anything new or thrilling. Uh, they said they're 
This year, they're planning on really focusing on the game modes that are already there and improving them. And there are no plans, apparently, to launch a new game mode or make like big new things. So, um, yeah, this is pretty much business as usual. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of improvements we get through the year. Alrighty, and I think the last thing we're going to bring up is uh, Overwatch's anniversary thing is going to is going through an unusual little change up. They're going to just remix previous anniversary events, and I don't know quite what they mean by the remix, except that they're, they're going to just bring back older versions and what have you, uh, rather than de- debut a new one during this year. They're not going to be like changing them from previous versions because they're going to be working instead on Overwatch Two. Like that's what they're doing this year instead of coming up with brand new events for this year. Um, do, does or, that feel like more or less what, the, what we're, we're seeing here? Yeah, no, no big new events and they aren't going to be any big new skins, but we are going to get skins that are like uh, recolors of old skins that are popular. So it's not it's not a bad event. It's maybe a little less exciting than getting something like new and thrilling. And like ex- there's always some hype about, you know, cool new skins. Uh, so this is maybe a little less thrilling, but you do get some cool recolors. It's, you know, it's like transmog. You got to catch them all. You want every possible look so you can look awesome. Like I'll tell you right looking- now, the, uh, the, I know a lot of people who like went nuts trying to get the witch for mercy. Oh yeah. So they'll probably be pretty happy. It's like looking, looking good improves your DPS. It's, it's just a fact. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I, I believe that firmly. It also works for, you know, tanking and healing, because I've stopped more than one raid to go leave <laughs> the raid to go transmog, because we, one time I did it because my, my other tank had the same gear on as me. <laughs> I was like, no, no, this is not happening. I have to leave. I will be right back. We, we one ins- of the- I was going to say, we institute clown, clown, uh, clown suit rules for, and to improve morale and DPS. <laughs> one of the nice things about Sepulcher of the First Ones raid, which, uh, which is uh, kind of the latest raid, is that you can mount in a lot of places inside yeah. the raid, which means, okay, I got a new piece of gear and it's hideous. It doesn't match what I'm wearing. You just break out the transmog mount and you're good to go. This is perhaps the best feature of any raid is when they let you mount. So you can change your transmog mid-raid if you need to. Without or a massive long have, cooldown. Yeah. yeah. Don't they have the hunter thing that can let you transmog too? Hunter? No, you mean the engineering thing? And well, Hunter and engineering is the same thing to me. Because <laughs> every hunter I've ever hung out with, I've ever played with, has been an engineer. Uh, <laughs> no, I would like a word with you. We should introduce you one day. Uh, no, it's uh, but it is there is an engineering thing, but it has a long cooldown uh, on it. I think it's like four hours. I think it is Maybe four hours. More. Yeah, the yeah, portable transmogrification station. There was a. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name, but the Throne of Thunder raid back in Mists. Which was like when they they introduced the yak, and it was <clears throat> the 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 yak had a a reforging vendor. Yes. So I used to be forced to mount it, like every place where it was possible to mount within the raid, I would be forced to mount my yak so people could reforge. When they changed it in in Warlords to be a transmog mount, everybody in the raid was really d- disappointed except me. And then I started literally transmogging at every possible opportunity, sometimes three or four times a raid until I ran out of money. Like straight up, I was broke because I just yeah. could not stop transmogging between fights. So it's yeah, expensive. yeah, I, I definitely hear you on this one. Blizzard, please drop the gold cluster. Just get rid of it. Just let me transmog whenever I want. Let me be the beautiful butterfly that I am. Uh, yeah. 
I think at this point, what else we got? We got our, the Hearthstone reward track update, which I don't well, think we really need to talk about because there's not really much to it from what I'm no, seeing. No, I mean, that that just, that really happens every expansion. So it's not huge news and there's nothing super exciting going on. Kind of business as usual, though there are some mercenaries rewards on the reward track this time. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that pretty much covers that then. So we've got that. Yeah. I'm looking at the stuff I wrote and basically what we just talked about was a more expansive version of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will say one of the things that um, I personally have been trying to write about and, and have definitely been thinking about is the new quest in 9.2.5 for Blood Elves. Um, not going to go into spoilers or anything, but it has multiple transmog rewards and some of them are limited to paladins and some of them are not. Uh, one of them is not, specifically. Um, it also gives away a mount that's been in the game files since Burning Crusade and was not available to players. This this mount has been around since 2007, and it has not been a, a mount that players could get. And now we're finally getting it. I, that's astonishing to me. I don't understand how they could manage to go this long without introducing this mount. This, this is crazy to me. Uh, but they are. So if you if you're a mount collector, patch nine point two point five, you might want to you know get on there because I think I think these quests are not limited just to blood elves, but I'm not hundred percent on that. I don't know. Either. I think they might they might be. So we'll see what happens. It is it is a hawk strider, so I don't know if they're gonna are they gonna limit that because there are some hawk striders you can get in the game that aren't mm -hmm. just blood elf mounts. So yeah, the hawk strider that um, that drops off Kalthos actually mm -hmm. uh, when you do the the five man Magister's Terrace run. That's that I remember getting that one. So yeah, mm -hmm. but we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, but I think at this point we are going to move on to your questions uh, unless either of you guys have anything else you want to bring up. Nope. No, I'm good. All right. Uh, if you've got a question for the show, um, first off, you can send it to our email address. And some of you actually did this week, so thank you. Um, it's the podcast at blizzardwatch.com, uh, you know, the usual thing. You can you can send it in with the, you know, tell us what podcast it's for, like, say, Blizzard Watch or podcast or something, so we know it's for this show and not for the other two shows that we do. By the way, we did... Uh, a tavern watch this weekend. I think it'll be up soon if it's not already up. Should, uh, be, should be up today. today. Yeah. 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 It went so up you, earlier. So you can go uh, listen to that. I, it was quite the tavern watch. So, you know, you should go listen to it. We, we were really, if you like the pre-show where we just go on about D and D for like a half an hour, <laughs> it's like that for a full hour. So you, it is possible for you to get that. And it's, it's really good to listen to. I, I, I enjoyed we, it this week. I, in yeah. particular, like especially this week. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, um, if you'd rather use our Discord server, uh, we've got two channels. Uh, we've got the Patron Q and Podcast Questions channel for our patrons because you guys keep the lights going and we really appreciate that. But if you can't afford to do that, as Joe likes to say, you know, times are tough. We understand. Um, there's also the Q Podcast and Q Questions channel, which is just a channel for anybody can go into. Uh, I looked in there for questions this week as well. So, yeah, uh, those are the ways you can get questions to us. Uh, as is usually the case... Um, I, I do something weird and force one of these two to start off, but this time I'm just going to say whichever one of you wants to go first, go. I'll, I'll do this. I was going to say, I volunteer Liz's tribute. <laughs> yeah, you've been, you've been reading a lot of questions first, so yeah, let's go. This question is from L.D. Soth, and he asks, or they ask, I don't know, um, 
At what point should we just stop being surprised that dreadlords have infiltrated things? I'm just now playing through the Xerath Mortis story, and Darian has almost an eye-roll reaction to finding out that some of the Ebon Blade were dreadlords in disguise. So, is this how we should look at it from now on? Hey, there's a dreadlord! Insert eye-roll. Yep, that's about right. Um, we should stop being surprised that dreadlords are everywhere. Just, we should stop being surprised. Because they are everywhere, and... Yeah, I've stopped being surprised. What about y'all? I mean, we were surprised last night on the bridge. Don't I mean, uh, we, you were in the same rate I was when everybody was uh, <laughs> on the way to uh, the actual like Dread Council fight. You can encounter, uh, you do encounter Malganus, and I can never remember. I can't remember the name of the other one. Kithessa. Kithessa. Yeah. Maybe. They are hidden as mobs on the way to the boss fight to go fight them. <laughs> it was it was a nice little touch. But yeah, at this point, uh we shouldn't be surprised. Dreadlords are just everywhere. So what about you, Matt? I think I think one of the things that I like actually is how I don't think the Dreadlords were ever were originally designed with the idea that they would be part of the Shadowlands or any of that stuff. So I think it's really kind of fun that Dreadlords have the perfect kit to be from the from the Shadowlands, they've got the whole vampire thing anyway, mm-hmm. and it's just it's nice synchronicity. When they were designing the Shadowlands, someone obviously said, "Hey, wait a minute," and they were <laughs> like, "Yeah, you know, you're right." And they've designed the Shadowlands, you know, designed a I can't remember the name of the zone. The I know it's the Venthyr zone. It's it's Revendreth. Revendreth. Yeah, uh, they designed Revendreth around that idea of you know the, the gargoyles look a lot like the Dreadlords. Um, Denathrius certainly has Dreadlord elements to him. The vampiric thing kind of fits them. Yeah, it, it just worked out. And the the way they revealed it, the whole unseen guests thing, I, I've we, we knew for years that that's what they called themselves because it was in the Ashbringer comic. When you get the conversation between Satan, Dathrothan, and Balnazar, he flat out tells them, you know, that you know we are called this, it means unseen guests. And yeah, I thought it was really well done. But at the same time, I'm utterly sick of Dreadlords. <laughs> I don't want to see them for an expansion. Like, th- let's just not. After Legion and then this expansion, they've just been everywhere all the time. They're everywhere I want to be. They are the Visa cards of <laughs> infiltrating monsters. Um, I'm old enough to remember uh, that commercial. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that the eye roll from Darien was a pretty appropriate move. Um, quite frankly, I sort of roll my eyes when they show up too. It, it feels like, it, you know, seriously, couldn't we come up with some sort of test? Like, isn't there anything? Could we like may- maybe poke them with something? Like, you know, <laughs> like we could do those witches in 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 uh, Battle for Azeroth. You can poke them with something and then like, ah, and they turn back to like being monsters. Just just give me something. Like, heck, bring the Drust back for an, ex- like we've had the Drust for two expansions. Bring them back for the third one. And then maybe I'll, I'll not be tired of Dreadlords anymore. Well, we're going to have to deal with them at some point. Cause I mean, we still haven't dealt with them completely here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what's going on with that. But yeah, regardless, I do, I do agree that, you know, at this point, the Dreadlord, it, it almost like you can imagine like groups would have like a pool on who in the group is really a Dreadlord. <laughs> like you know the scarlet crusade people are all hanging around going i think it's i think it's dave i think dave's a dreadlord come on dave's completely incompetent what better cover could there be um just you know the scourge roll wandering around mindlessly and every so often one of them goes i think she's a dreadlord Rawr. um yeah they're just they're just everywhere dreadlords are everywhere you want to be all but it makes sense too because 
even back in Warcraft three, the dreadlords were the ones really behind the scourge. Yep. You know, they were the ones that, that whole thing, everything seemed to be their idea. It, it makes sense. You know, it's, it's it, in a very strange way, but it makes sense. So yeah, I, I, I definitely like dreadlords. I definitely think it's cool that the Nathrazim are all over the place, but at the same time, I do feel like, yeah, at this point, you know, everybody should think, oh yeah. And also there's Steve. He's probably it. So <laughs> that's my take. Yeah, that's mine as well. I, I guess that's going to be it. Unless you have anybody else has anything to add. And then I, if not, I can move on to the next one. I think we can move on. All right. Uh, this one comes from depressed Dino dad. I'm sorry. You're depressed. Dino dad. I would give you a hug if I could. Uh, when you aren't actively engaged in WoW, what games might you play to scratch that itch? For me, it's been Smite, but I recently switched consoles and my account has fallen into PlayStation Purgatory. I feel this, actually, because I can't get my Smite account back. Uh, thanks for the potential recommendations. Um, so I actually play a lot of, of like random games of like League of Legends occasionally, like with friends, because I like the social aspect of it. So I'll pick it up when I'm not playing WoW to just kind of get that social hit, uh, particularly on weekends. Like my my local gaming group on Fridays, we generally play like a few hours of League and we just talk about our week and how everybody's doing. And it's that same sort of hit for me that like raiding does and WoW for me. It's talking with my friends that I haven't seen in a while. So that tends to be something like that. If we're talking about pure gameplay, I tend to lean towards roguelikes and roguelites. Uh, so games like Hades, but also like I just started playing Have a Nice Death, which is a very stylized platforming roguelike where you play as Death, who is now the CEO of Death uh, and everything that wackily entails from there. Uh, stuff like that. Like I tend to look for games that tend to be drop in, drop out, or I can be done with a run in like an hour or a game is less than an hour uh, to be done with one session, stuff like that. What about you guys? Do you have something that you go to for like your quick fixes? I don't know about quick fixes, but uh, when I'm not playing WoW, I tend to go more into the RPG space because I mean, WoW is an MMORPG, but some of the RPG elements can be, you know, a little light. <laughs> um, so yeah, right now I'm playing way too many games. I'm playing Horizon uh, Forbidden West. I'm trying to play Cyberpunk 2077. I am maybe playing Elden Ring. I don't know because I don't understand this game. <laughs> do we need do we need I to don't. have a do we need to have a hangout session where you you play Elden Ring with like Mitch and I on comms with you? I I don't I just don't know what's happening and I like go places and I die and that's that's like it. That's the I game. mean you're playing the game. Yeah. It's this beautiful environment in which I die a lot. Um <laughs> So actually, that is a lot like wow. It's a it's a beautiful <laughs> environment, and I die repeatedly and repeatedly. And sometimes I jump off things accidentally. Sometimes I'm knocked off my mount midair, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess that one is kind of similar. Matt, okay. Um, well, at least two of those games I'm playing. I mean, if you're watching this as we stream it, you can see my Cyberpunk 2077 character doing a jump in the air, shoot in the air thing because I, I like photo mode a lot. I've I've played this game into the ground, and now and then I stopped for a while, and then they patched it in patch 1.5, and now I'm playing it into the ground again. Uh, so yeah, I've played a ton of Cyberpunk. Um, in terms of games that I'm trying to like get a WoW hit from, though, I have to recommend Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah, um, it's a classic. if you don't have it already, the remaster is is perfectly good. 
Um, I didn't get the remaster because I already have all Kingdoms of Amalur, and the remaster didn't change much. They added a DLC, which I'm still thinking about getting it just for that DLC. But it plays like an act, like a more Diablo-y WoW. I don't know how else to put it. Diablo is one of my big go-to franchises when I'm not playing World of Warcraft. I mean, it just it always has been. It always will be. Um, I'm looking so looking forward to Diablo 4. I don't think I'll play Diablo Immortal just because I, I'm not good at, at mobile games that use the touch screen to control them. Uh, I'm just generally always been, been rubbish at that. But I am really interested in it, and I'm totally going to like study up on all the lore reveals as soon as I can. Because that's cool to me, and I'm very excited about it. I, lo- I love the Diablo series. So yeah, I played Diablo a lot. Uh, I played Kingdoms of Amalur for it. Um, like I, you know, Horizon Forbidden West and, and Zero Dawn before it were both amazing games. Um, I, I, I every few months I suddenly get sucked back into Assassin's Creed Odyssey and play it obsessively for like two, two, three days, and then manage to make myself stop because I realize I have a family and I want to see them again. Uh, but that game, it is the only Assassin's Creed game that I like. Because it isn't an Assassin's Creed game. I, I finally will admit this to, to you Assassin's Creed diehards who are upset with Odyssey because it's not Assassin's Creed. You're right. It's significantly better. <laughs> it's a lot, a <laughs> lot better. It's much better than the games you like. Your games you like are awful. Uh, I'm just going to say right now, I could never play the Ezio <laughs> games again after having played uh, Odyssey. Because Odyssey lets me do whatever I want. Whereas the Ezio games, if I take five steps to the left, desynchronization! Ah! You know, Ezio walked into the wrong store. Desynchronization! Ah, this is just me not liking Assassin's Creed, except for Odyssey, because it's not Assassin's Creed. You're right. I give it to you. You have successfully defined why it's the better game. Um, but I love that game, uh, and I play it a lot. For because for one thing, I have a transmog itch. I love transmog. Games that have transmog automatically bump up for me. They, they automatically Odyssey become Valhalla. more popular. <laughs> yeah, Valhalla has it, and I liked Valhalla better than most other Assassin's Creed games for that very reason. Um, but I loved it in Odyssey, and it allows me to scratch the wow itch of, oh, I need to dress up pretty. One game I just downloaded, because it's on Game Pass, and I haven't played it yet, uh, is the Guardians of the Galaxy game. I love it so much. Yeah, oh, I, I remember. just downloaded that, too, because yeah. Game Pass. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I've been playing... Um, Curse of the Dead Gods a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ARP. not not. Yeah, it's, it's not very ARPG, wowy. Right? Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. You could. It straddles a line between ARPG and roguelike. It definitely it's, no. It's, it is roguelike. It is an ARPG yeah. roguelike. Yeah. Yeah, it, it straddles that line where it's kind of both. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, it's no Hades, but it is interesting. I'm trying to think of anything else I should be mentioning here. I play a lot of games. Uh, there are there are a lot of them, and but Matt brings up another good point too. Is is if you are willing to to shell out for it, or at least try it, and if you haven't signed up for it, you can get Game Pass, and they have promotions out there where you can get seven days free, fourteen days free, or your first month for a dollar. Um, yeah. And it's worth grabbing just to check out. There's a ton of games on there, and you might find something that scratches that itch for you. But you have access to like. I forgot how many games, like 125 different games or something there's like that. There's something like that, yeah. I mean, it's like there's a selection from EA, uh, everything Bethesda, and, and you know, Bethesda's parent companies, Enemax, those are all there now. So stuff like the Obsidian games as well, like the Outer Worlds is up there now. Yeah. Uh, so if you didn't try the Outer Worlds and you want to, you can. You can just download it. I did, I did like that game, by the way. Um, 
but yeah, it's it, Game Pass is really it's got a lot of stuff. There's a lot of value in it for the amount you will end up paying for it monthly. I think it's not it's not a tremendous amount of money monthly either. It's like ten bucks. Fifteen bucks. I it's, think it's, it's is it ten or is it fifteen? It's fifteen. Might be fifteen. Yeah, but, it's, it's fifteen. Know, for fifteen bucks a month, you're basically getting like access to like hundreds of games. I, I like both Pillars of Eternity and Pillars of Eternity Two are on there. Um, Tyranny isn't yet, but you know we can only we can all hope. There, there's a there's a lot of value to it, and and it does if you're you know, like you know you're on a WoW break or you just don't want to play WoW this day. There's a fair amount of stuff on that thing, and I mean. I'm just going to say this. I'm pretty sure that by next year, whenever Diablo 4 comes out, it's going to be on Game Pass. Because Microsoft Probably. did not just buy Activision Blizzard for nothing. And the of the games they mentioned when they bought Blizzard, I mean, bought Activision Blizzard, four of them are Blizzard games. You know? So, yeah. I'm, I'm expecting to see some, some stuff on Game Pass. Mm, doesn't mean anything for right now, but it's true. Uh, and I do think... You know, it's weird. We, I, we didn't even really talked about a lot of the role-playing games that I would recommend. Like, um, there's Greedfall, which is on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, feels very old Bioware. There's, uh, I think that the all the Dragon Ages are on there now. Yeah, and yeah. Mass Effect. Yeah. Uh, weird West you, just released. Yeah, as, Weird uh, West. Flanagan points out. I don't know if Joe likes Weird West or not. Because, I mean, if you're a Deadlands player, Weird West feels an awful lot like it's borrowing a lot from Deadlands. It, it and not, is 100%, yeah. Not exactly crediting it, <laughs> you know? Nope. But, uh, Tun- I mean, there's... there's Tun- the, Tunic's there's on Dungeons there as well. Dragons MMO, Neverwinter. Yep. So, what were you saying was on there as well? I'm sorry. Uh, Tunic, which just released. It's a cutesy Zelda-like game, but it's on Game Pass. You play as a fox, Stranger in a Strange Land. Uh, it's really fun. It's really good. Um yeah, sorry. It was just something I'm, I pulled up Game Pass and started looking. And I forgot that it was on there. So now I'm installing yeah. it while we're recording. Um, yeah, there's there's actually a ton of stuff on Game Pass. So yeah, I, I think that he's not wrong. P- uh, PlayStation's doing its own, but I have no idea how good it is. They've- PlayStation already has its own, but they're improving it. And yeah. They're launching yeah. kind of a new thing coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't have any experience with it. So yeah, I, I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it myself, but I'm going to check it out when they roll out the new thing. I'm, I'm kind of hoping at some point, yeah, at some point I'm hoping one of either Microsoft or Sony will buy the other and just get this over with, you know, but you know, we'll see what happens. I don't actually ho- hope for that to happen because capitalism terrifies me, but I hope mm-hmm. that that kind of answers your question, Dan, dad, dino, dad. I feel bad. Depressed, I'm dino, also dad. A depressed dino person, but I'm not a dad. So unless my cats are included, I guess cats I'm count. dad. Depressed Dino Cat Dad. Okay. Uh, or dogs. I've got a dog. True. Right, but that's going to be Liz. You're up. Ah, okay. From KTS Stories. Another question for the Blizzard Watch podcast. Could the devs bring back old scenarios and quest lines as a way to fill time between patches and expansions? Things like Battle for the Undercity or Darkspear Rebellion, for example. Heck, in the past, I might have balked at things like Legendary Cloaks from Mist. But now I don't see why that why that would need to be exclusive or held back because there aren't exactly a lot of people running around using them for status. What do you all think? I think it's interesting that Blizzard is kind of doing some of that or planning that in 9.2.5. Not scenario specifically, but like we're revisiting Warlord's dungeons for mythic du- for mythic plus dungeons in season four. 
and we are going to be going back to old raids. There's going to be some kind of affix system with old raids, so we can go not not old old raids, but Shadowlands raids. So we could go back to uh, Castle Nathria. We could go back to older raids and check them out and kind of in a new way and get up to date gear. So I think Blizzard is, you know, they're thinking about this. How can we re reuse Mage or Tower. revitalize? Yeah, Mage Tower is another good example. How can we revitalize old content that people enjoy so they can keep enjoying it? Um, scenarios, I think that's a cool idea. You could just do them kind of time walking way or something. There are a lot of quests that are like gone that would be interesting to play through for stories. And some of those would probably be more complicated to work back in than others. I don't know. What do y'all think? You, Joe. Okay. Uh, I liked scenarios. I thought they were really cool. Uh, I have constantly said this. Matt and I have talked about this a lot. Scenarios are great vehicles for storytelling events they could very easily start bringing some of them back. They haven't in forever. Battle for Azeroth had kind of the island expeditions, which were originally supposed to be something like scenarios, but then it just turned into uh, three-player objective hunting against NPCs, um, <laughs> which totally kind of shot that in the foot. But I miss scenarios. I thought they were a really cool thing. Um, as far as exclusive things or like flex things or things that they could do to like have people, you know, have sort of like these, I don't want to say status, but um, I don't really care about that personally anymore as a player. Like that's what, that's what achievement points are for. And that's what they have like things like ahead of the curve for. Um, But yeah, if they would bring back scenarios or do something like that, I would be absolutely happy. And like Liz pointed out, they are bringing back or looking at older content to revitalize it. Maybe we'll see the return of scenarios again, and maybe we'll see something where they're embraced a little bit more. Who knows? I, but then again, I also don't know what the, the new design philosophy is or what they're talking about behind closed doors anymore. So who knows? All right, Matt, you're up. Uh, I keep envisioning, imagine if Lower Worker Cho came back and you could go to Lower Worker Cho and you could go queue up for all these things that have been taken out of WoW. Like imagine the original... Like you could, you could have PVP versions too. Like the original Battle for South Shore, they made a a, a battleground of it a few years back. Uh, that could be there. You could have one thing that really bugs me is that you can't see the uh, the invasion and the 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 Dark Shore attack that that opened up Battle for Azeroth. It was the like the the preview to it, like the the end of Legion. Going to dark, going to Darkshore, and either messing it up as Horde or defending it as Alliance, you can't see that anymore. When you go into into uh, Battle for Azeroth content, it isn't that. Uh, that's not there. Just the part where you attack or defend Lordaeron is there. And I don't think that was a good idea. I think they should have left it in. Uh, and I think it would be good to have that back, and so players could go see it and understand you know, the perspective of the other side. I think that was one of the biggest problems with Battle for Azeroth was there was very little of seeing what the other side was doing or thinking or acting about. Mm -hmm. uh, and it meant... It, 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 that whole idea of amping up the player versus player aspect of, of Battle for Azeroth, I think, was misguided from the get-go. Um, but as we're going through and we're going to have cross-faction at some point after 9.2.5, we're going to finally, like, you can group with your friends even if they're Horde or Alliance... 
I uh, thought I thought that was actually coming in nine two five. Yeah, not. Um, I don't know if they said it was coming during the launch of nine two five. I know it's coming with nine two five, but I don't know if it'll be ready when nine two five drops. Which, of course, since we don't know when that's going to happen, could be anything. But regardless, with that coming, I think now is the time for like, yeah, sh- sure, bring back the Dark Spear Rebellion or the Nomragon. Uh, quest things bring back battle for undercity because you can't do that anymore either mm-hmm. like you go when you go and do that you get a quest and it's just kind of over now uh, but so yeah let that be something people can queue up for again um let the scenarios from from Miss of pandaria and the ones from from uh the, there's the story the story ones are still there in uh Miss of pandaria um and and the ones for like Star of Warlords of Draenor had some like that that big starting thing is still there. I think some of the stuff should just be queuable. Like you you could take your character through that again anytime you wanted to, and you should be able to just so people get to see it. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff like that 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 could be brought back, and I would absolutely be down for it to, to happen. Um, I do feel like your your point about making raids that like so you can go back and, and do castle Nathria. I think that eventually every single raid in the game should have that and be, you could, you could run it if you wanted to and get maybe not like top of the line gear, but good gear that would keep, you know, that you could pr- basically your raid group could keep running uh, black temple indefinitely and get gear from it. Would it be the best gear in the game? No, it would probably be like starter gear, like a heroic dungeon or whatever, but you could do it. I, I feel like that's the kind of thing we we talked like last week. I think Liz was the one who brought this up. How it it looks like they've switched years and are trying to respect players' time more. Yeah, I think so. And I think that that's one of the good ways to keep progressing on that is to find stuff like the Mage Tower and bring it back and keep it keep it up to date and current. Uh, things like scenarios, things that you know had that kind of. I mean, I straight up would love it if just anybody could run as a as an experience. You could run the Legion start. I mean, you can still do that if you start Legion. You can still go and do that. But imagine if you could do it now, just as a recurring thing, just because you wanted to. I I think that would be cool. Uh, so yeah, I I, do, I definitely think there's there's room for this kind of content to become more evergreen than it is. All right. Uh, anything else we want to add to that before we move on? I think I talked enough. All right. Our next question, greetings, Dairy Watchers. Uh, during the pandemic, I returned to Warcraft after leaving the mists. The quality of the game is miles better than it ever was, which is why I feel baffled by community response to Shadowlands. And listening to old WoW podcasts chronologically, the initial response seemed positive. So I'm wondering what caused such a virulent heel turn. Uh, any insight you could give us would be tasty. Thanks, Kerfuffle of Drekful. That's all I know you're a wrestling fan there, uh, Kerfuffle. Um, I think that players started getting really divided even before Shadowlands started actually being released. All the uh, Everything that happened in BFA um, kind of soured player interactions for a while, I think, more than they anticipated or maybe exactly what they anticipated, especially when they wanted to ignite the faction divide and then the burning of Teldrassil and and everything else that happened in between. Uh, by the time Shadowlands came around and we're chasing Sylvanas, here's this fantastical new land that we're going to, and we didn't really spend a whole lot of time exploring it like I think a lot of people expected to do. Um, so I think that it's like any expansion. And I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago. 
I think for the most part, there's a group of players out there that don't really respect or really look at the expansion uh, completely until after it's already done and gone. And it's really easy to kind of get lost in the minutia of the patches, that particular content, or what story beat is being told at that exact moment, being caught up in your emotions about it. Like, I don't know, let's say Tarand getting her hands on Sylvanas and then Alun going, nope, and then players being really confused by that. It's really easy to have a visceral response and say, okay, I'm not having fun. I don't know what's going on. This is not what I expected. This isn't what I came here for. But then after the expansion's done, which we are rapidly approaching, you can start to look back and see all of the good things that did actually happen throughout the course of it. So I think a lot of it is just players needing to have patience and looking at the whole picture when it's done. What do you guys think? Um, I'm just going to say this. The uh, the YouTube talking heads and the, the people who are like, there's a lot of people who gain their quote unquote influence, their influencers, blah, blah. Anger by clicks. being negative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just, they, they write headlines like this. They did, they ruined Warcraft for this. And I just, I am well past the point where I have time for these people, but they have followings and those followings are very loud and they parrot what their, the people they're following have said. Um, and the problem is that contented people don't go to the forums and unleash a stream of positivity. Mm-hmm. as nearly as much as discontented people go to the forums and unleash a stream of negativity. Um, I remember back there was, there was like during the opening of Shadowlands, uh, one of the wow devs basically was just talking about, um, I think it was, it was like the crusader Kings games. He was just, he was playing one and he made a comment and someone on Twitter immediately was like, well, we fix this. And I, I remember saying, making a point like this is like going to like a chef's house and, you know, you went to a restaurant, you didn't like the food. Instead of, like, leaving a complaint at, you know, at the restaurant, you know, you, you wa- followed the chef home, waited till he was making mac and cheese to eat, and started talking about how crappy the mac and cheese was and how much he should fix the, the burger you just had. It's like, what are you doing? There's this subgroup of players who are only happy when they are not happy, and they're very loud, and they just will not stop. And you can't, they're not allowed to enjoy something if they don't think it's good, whether or not, you know, they, they, it has nothing to do with them. They're not playing with you. You don't know them. But if you, if you go so far as to have even a moment of enjoyment in this game, they will in great length and detail, tell you how wrong you are. And that it's, it's like, it sounds convincing. They're very loud. So people think, oh, wow, everybody hates this, but no, not everybody hates this. Some people hate this because some people hate everything and some people are objectively have good reason to be upset, but that's not everybody. And the people that are being the loudest about it are often not those people, people who are really discontented. They just go play something else, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's fine. And I have no problem with people doing that. And I have no problem with people saying, Oh, I prefer this game. That's why I'm playing it now. Instead, that's fine. I've taken breaks from world of Warcraft in my life. I'm taking one right now. I haven't played WoW in like a month and a half. I mean, I know I'll come back, but I, I in the meantime, I'm playing other games. I'm playing Diablo 3. I'm playing, you know, Cyberpunk. I'm playing other games. And that's fine. I've My subscription is paid for like a, forever. So it's not a big deal. I just, I feel like that's that's a big part of this. You, you've got the constant, you know, peop, there's a small group of actual players who are 
ridiculously vociferously loud and if you like say you make a video where you say something like oh i i you know i i didn't like this but i did like this they will call you a shill for like hundreds of comments go look i'm just going to say this go look at talison and evetel's evetel's uh comments on one of their videos sometime mm-hmm. it's like it's like they said they didn't like the thing and you're like ripping them apart because they didn't say it the way you wanted them to so that's a, p- a part of this there is obviously stuff people really don't like there's obviously you know players who are just like straight up have a problem with something that's fine I myself have been critical of the game a lot of times, but there is definitely that small group that just hate it when anybody is having fun. Liz? Uh, I mean, yes, all of these things Matt has said are true. There is a very vocal group out there that is very unhappy because, exactly as Matt said, the unhappy people are louder. Yeah, But I also think there are some criticisms to be made of Shadowlands, and I think those criticisms become more obvious the longer you play. So when you're first starting any expansion, any game, it might seem awesome. And after you've dedicated some hours to it, you might start to see, okay, this is frustrating. I don't like this. This is really annoying. I'm tired of grinding here. So, you know, you do that. And I think, I feel like people are kind of tired of the Sylvana story. I think people are really unhappy with the Sylvana story from Battle for Azeroth on. And we're still we're still telling that story. We're still really involved in the Sylvanas story. And I feel like people were just kind of done with this narrative before the expansion started. I feel like people were just over it. We're not invest weren't interested. Or you were interested, but you wanted to see Sylvanas get some kind of ultimate comeuppance for what she did and the or game. Redemption arc. There's lots of people uh, yeah, who rather either, want to hear of redemption arc. Either are, and you know, the game didn't necessarily follow that narrative path. So I think you had after the burning of Teldrassil, you had a lot of people who were really frustrated with the game's story direction, who were angry at the game's story direction. And I don't think the story has gone in a direction that's necessarily made a lot of people happy. I'm I feel like it ended pretty well, where that we've left it in Zareth Mortis right now, as well as it might have been, but you know. It's not going to work for some people, and we've we've followed this storyline for so long. Oh, oh, this I do want to throw in here while you're talking about yeah. that, though. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the thing Taryn Gregory tweeted today? Uh, yes, I did. You want to you want to yeah. tell the listeners what that is? If you're playing a night elf and you're doing the 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 quest that gives you the cinematic uh, where Sylvanas is being judged, when Taronda says, you know, you must redress the harm you have done to so many to my people. If you're playing a night elf, you are right behind her. Mm-hmm. They put your character right there, but only if you're a night elf. I thought that was brilliant. That is a beautiful touch. Um, I, I agree. Also, I want to be absolutely clear. I agree with everything Liz just said, that there are things to criticize. There have always been oh, things yeah. to criticize. And there's absolutely things that I don't like about Shadowland. But there's a difference between not liking something and making not liking it your identity. Yeah, and you some just people shouldn't. You, know. you shouldn't do that. That's pointless. If you don't enjoy the game, go play something else for a while. And, Come back later. And also, criticism doesn't mean you're not enjoying the game or having fun, too. Like, Matt and, Matt and myself and Liz are often critical of things in the game, but that doesn't mean we hate it, right? Like, there there is also a fine line between that. So you can be critical I, I of things you like. I was super critical of, of Battle for Azeroth. But I liked the expansion. I just, there were stuff, there's stuff mm-hmm. I didn't like, I really didn't like. 
Um, and Shadowlands, Shadowlands is simultaneously, I like it more, but it didn't grab me as much. Hmm. Like, and I think that's because of what Liz just said. I think to a degree I was done with Sylvanas. Uh, I didn't really care anymore about what Sylvanas was up to. Um, I think that the book has actually helped with that to a degree. Um, in that it's given me actual, the problem was that you got nothing of Sylvanas's motivations. There was no context. Yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. nothing in the, in Shadowlands. And I, I don't know why that is, but I definitely think that that was an issue. And there's lots of other issues I could make, but I've had that pro I've had problems with every single wow expansion they've ever made because the, there's always going to be something that I don't like, or that somebody else doesn't like. It's, it's just a, a question of what, but yeah, I, I definitely think, think that. Go ahead. I also think it's a, it's actually important to be critical of the things you love, mm -hmm. and you're critical of them because you love them. Specifically, because you love them, you are invested enough to look at these things and examine them closely and say, "Okay, I love this thing, but this does not work. This you know what isn't becomes, working for me, or this isn't working at all." You make me think of the discussion that we had way back when War Lords of Draenor was coming out. Mm -hmm. about the boys trip oh, aspect yeah. of it and the whole uh Urel, um i can't remember his name and i normally do remember his name so i'm annoyed the Marad? uh yes thank you the Urel Murad romance that they decided nope nope we're getting rid of that i i think that you know to a certain degree if you don't critically engage with things and if you don't look at what other people's critical engagement is you know i would not have picked that up at the time without you guys bringing it to my attention. And that's what a critical perspective can do. Mm -hmm. As long as it's useful criticism, if, if it's something like th this problem kind of puts a damper on this thing for me versus everything sucks. I hate this. And I shouldn't say it like that because I'm deliberately making this sound stupid, but there is a certain amount of that that just gets, it just gets exhausting. Like, when you when somebody posts about you know hey we're we're bringing out this new system oh that's garbage why didn't you just fix this instead it's like they don't it doesn't work that way you know you can't, you can't just hate them if anybody cares about World of Warcraft it's the people who make World of Warcraft uh, I've spoken to enough of them now to know yeah absolutely they love it so much that they're trying to keep making it with all the garbage that's been happening over the past year that's that's a lot of love so. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've said everything I need to say here, and I'm just kind of going in circles now, so I'm going to shut up, and you guys can say anything if you want. I also feel like being critical is a way to move forward, because sometimes we we feel like the Blizzard developers don't listen to us, or we feel like they're neglecting us or ignoring us, but they read all of the stuff we write. They pay attention. They may not agree with us. They may think they have better ideas, but they listen. They certainly listen to what we have to say. And by making these points, by talking about the game, even by criticizing the game, we can engage with the developers and show them that, okay, this isn't working out and this is why. And they can think about that and think about ways to improve the game. So I think Blizzard is very good at iterating. Like every expansion, they iterate on systems. They take what they had and they try to make it better. I think they kind of tend to ping pong back and forth too much. like. If they've done one thing and people are really critical of it or it didn't work out, then they immediately go far to the other side. But you can tell they're always thinking about things and iterating to try and make the game better. And I do think I usually see like systems people are overly critical about the next expansion. They're going to swing the other way. 
because they've heard that criticism, they've thought about it, and they've thought about how to make it better. Does it always work? No. But if we aren't there engaging and criticizing and talking about the things we love and the things we don't love, there's just, they don't have any feedback to work. So uh, definitely when you hear criticism, when you hear people hate the game, um, take it with a grain of salt because sometimes people can, can be critical of things without hating them. And uh, sometimes the people who hate things are just really, really loud about that hate. So is Shadowlands the best expansion ever? Uh, I don't think so. Is that the worst expansion ever? Definitely not. It's it's right there in the middle. It's Warcraft the way we've always played Warcraft. So uh, here we are. Keep loving things that you love and ignore the haters. If you love World of Warcraft, keep keep loving World of Warcraft. All right. Uh, I feel like this is my time to give Joe his cue to do his end spiel because I think we're pretty much out of time. I believe we are. Yep, absolutely. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast lighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free slight experience. Uh, Thank you, Joe, and thank you to whichever one of the two of you just rolled dice. Uh, no, I just knocked something over on my desk. <laughs> it sounded a lot. Like I honestly dice. thought it was really diced. <laughs> I, was I, mean, like, I, could, I, could, I could grab some dice and roll them if that would make everyone feel better. But that's I just yeah, I was like sitting there going, okay, that sounded an awful lot. Like, what'd you get? <laughs> Did you get a twenty? Like, you know, it's just anyway. Uh, if you've got a question for the podcast or any of our other podcasts, you can send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Pro- put the podcast you want in your subject line. It really helps a lot. Uh, that way I don't have to steal as much from Joe. Um, or you can go to our discord. We've got the patron Q and podcast questions channel, which you can use or the straight up Q and podcast questions channel. Uh, either of them uh, are available to you if you are a patron. And if you're not a patron, you can still use the other one. And that way we get more questions and that's always good. Uh, this has been the blizzard watch podcast. Uh, I'm Matt. You got Liz and Joe here there. We're all here bringing you this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us. And we'll be back next week.